Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group. I have the pleasure of speaking with David Gopi, Senior Vice President Engineering at Forcepoint. He will share insights on behavioral-centric security and how does one begin the process. Thanks, David, for joining the ISNG discussion. Thank you, Suparna. I really appreciate being here. So, David, there have been multiple phases in cybersecurity, from endpoint security to infrastructure security to information security. Now, it seems we are moving from information-centric security to behavior-centric security. What kind of rethinking needs to be done by organizations to leverage behavior-centric security? Your views? That's a very good question, Sparna, because what you're looking at is you're looking at a, an ecosystem that we have from technology where the level of data seems to be going up on a geometric scale. And uh, you also have a level of complexity that's going up um, and aligning with that same geometric scale. Organizations have historically um, been using security to pay attention to the threats as in having the concept of trying to get ahead of where the adversaries may or may not be coming into or paying attention to the fingerprints that they're leaving behind in order to identify how to close some of those gaps. A lot of this is generated based off of the extra metadata that, that they have from collecting that data in this very complex world of what they're, they're allowing their users to operate in. We look at behavior-based intelligence as a different viewpoint of that metadata to allow us a higher degree of accuracy to provide that security level for our customers while enabling them to actually try to solve some of this problem without necessarily being in reactive mode. If you think about it from the perspective of security, where the whole purpose of information technology is to enable users to interact with data, produce value, generate more value continuously, the ability for those users, from a security perspective, they've always been that weakest link. And by understanding how they're acting, what their intents are, uh, and allowing us to focus in on some of those key areas, it allows us to kind of weed out um, the signal from the noise, understand the risk that those users represent to the larger system as a whole, and then take the necessary actions with that risk. So clearly there are advantages of behavioral centric security. From an organization's point of view, as from the security point of view, where does one begin with? And how does one begin analyzing behavior of employees? So what I would suggest for any company that wants to move in this type of direction is to take a step back and try to think of what the business outcomes are that they're looking for. Almost everything from a data-driven perspective, and I've been working in this space for a number of years, starts with asking the question of what are we trying to accomplish? And that what drives the business outcomes, and the business outcomes ultimately comes down into enabling people and teams to focus on the different areas. Some companies and organizations may want to pay attention to authentication continuous authentication. Some organizations may want to pay attention to understanding the what's happening and the intent behind the users within the organization. And some organizations want to be paying attention to inside the threats. Now, you have almost an enormous breadth and spectrum of these areas of how behavior can do it. Because again, what I was saying earlier is that we are information technology is almost created to enable users to interact with data and things in order to generate value. But not to grossly oversimplify it, I would highly suggest that people take that step back and focus on the what, and that ultimately drives the focus going forward. And you know, for any system that's collecting data, you always want to collect as minimal amount of data as possible, as in making sure that the data you're collecting aligns very clearly with the purpose you're trying to achieve. 
So today, if I'm a CIA, I'm a CIS of an organization, and today I decide that yes, I I need to. I have not really been in this space of behavior-centric security. I need to start now. So, are there any architectural changes that are required, or what is it that I need to do first, foremost? That's a very good question. And a lot of times, when I've had this conversation with with customers, you kind of go back to what I was just saying about clearly identifying the what. Um, and almost the next question you have to start diving into is what data do you have on hand already that can drive or align with the business outcomes that you've already established? And you, you almost need to create a matrix level approach towards that information to, so you can identify what you already have and then you can identify what you need. And then ultimately, how do you start achieving filling that gap? There's, there's a third step as well, and the third step is one of the most critical areas of data science, which is understanding what the quality of that data is. Most conversations with data science evolve into the, how do you mechanically collect the data? How do you clean the data? And then how do you derive value from the data? And that, that second level step of cleaning the data, making sure that it's operating in a consistent way so that you can generate high value from that data is, is a fundamental aspect. And that can't be thought of as a once and done type of methodology. It has to be operating in a consistent and continuous refinement effort, almost as an operational piece. Sure. So once I have collected the data points or once the data points are collected, how do organizations carry out the analytics? What are the technologies that are in place? Analytics today is uh, you've got the advent of artificial intelligence to machine learning to streaming analytics, etc. And it's being used in almost everything from ad networks to uh, computer security for that matter. And the so there's not really any if you do this, then you'll reach a success criteria, Sparna, but but I think the mindset needs to be what is the volume, right? Understanding what type of analytics want to be achieved. Are you doing a classification? Or are you doing something else? Are you doing a relationship? Are you understanding the distances and clustering of different items? And different analytics marry up with those different approaches. But understanding and having that crystal clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve, whether it be a classification, whether it be a similarity the capabilities, or whether it be something else, that ultimately helps drive what type of analytics uh, you're capable of doing. And one thing I would suggest that people also have that mindset of is that as you're working with machine learning or anything else that has a model that changes, what you know today is very different from what you knew yesterday, because that's the point. Um, and that organizations also need to think through a reclassification phase or a resampling phase of the data that was already previously classified the day prior. And so that, again, gets back into that operational mindset. But whereas something might have been classified differently yesterday because of new knowledge, new information, or maybe even highly accuracy knowledge, that might have a different classification based off of the model uh, as it's changed throughout history. So David, because of large digital footprints, obviously the data that is getting collected is huge. So how do I reduce the data collected and tie it back to behavioral analytics? That is a very, very hard question. And that is a question that, that a lot of people typically ask. One of the guiding principles that, that I try to approach that problem set with is starting off with a very high degree of focus and looking at exactly what data you have and what data you don't need. 
creating almost that master data map of the criteria for achieving the value in the classification that you're looking to do. A part of that requirements partner also has to be the level of quality you want to be achieving with it and the ability to measure that quality as well. There's a quote I often tell my team of you can't improve something if you can't measure it. And so starting off with that as one of your definitions of done is, is one of those areas that I highly suggest any organization to, uh, to push forward. Based off of that and getting to the other end, as you add, you've already created a disciplined approach towards achieving the outcome that you as the organization are trying to achieve. And so adding things in, that can have varying degrees of success. It comes down to the ability to measure that outcome. Sometimes more data or a high variety of data does not necessarily achieve the outcome you need. And there's usually a mix of what you want to do in order to achieve that outcome. Thanks a lot, David, for sharing your insights on how one can leverage behavior-centric security. And thank you, Saparna. I really appreciate the time. You were listening to David Goffey for ISM Genesia. This is Suparna Goswami. Thank you for listening.